you're going to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy certain point if you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status we i mean i'm not even i'm not even saying eat meat but at least put some cereal in the milk come on <laughs> you that's like taking 666 the mark of the beast and redefining it like biggie tried to do and saying no it means this or that no, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. The lukewarm water of Laodicea was contaminated. Drinking contaminated water does what? It contaminates the body. You drink poison, you're going to get sick. When the body is contaminated, then the offspring will be contaminated too. So when you're contaminated, you contaminate your children. If you're lukewarm, what the adults do in moderation, the children going to do excessively. They're going to take it another step. Amen. So if you slipping and listening to R. Kelly, your children going to listen to Lil Wayne. Yeah, because what the parents do in moderation, the children going to do excessively. You slipping and smoking cigarettes, your children going to be smoking crack. Yeah. Weed. You cuss, but you just say the D and the H word because church folk can say those because they're in the Bible. And ASS is in the Bible too, so I might throw that in there if I'm real mad. But your kid's going to be Cat Williams. I have pastors and friends and relatives and stuff, this is some dumb logic. They believe, well, the kids going to see it anyway. They're going to go to school. They're going to hear it anyway. So I'd rather they just hear it in here in my house. I even had preachers say, well, my children going to have boyfriend and girlfriends anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch them and let them have a boyfriend and girlfriend in front of me. Long as it's, long as I'm there to help it and Look at somebody say, spirit of dumb. You don't ever give them license. Even if you think they might slip and do it, just you better not let me catch you. See, I can't get no amen. I, I, I think I deserve some amens for that. Why they doing it at school? Why they do their friends? All their friends would, well, you just better not let me catch you doing it. See, because you don't ever want to give them a pass and validate it. Because whatever you validate, when, he, when they're not around, it's going to be times 10. Oh, see, I can't get, ain't nobody ready for this. Uh, I'm too old school. Yeah. But I'm saying, I mean, don't, 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 because if it's not allowed, it's not allowed. That's my standard. Look, somebody say standard. If that's the standard, then I can't break off the standard. Because then I undo the standard. If I undo the standard, the standard's not there. If 
allow you a hole to go around the standard, then why do I even have a standard? That's what lukewarm is. The standard for the water that came in one city, it was hot. The other was cold. You brought that water together, it became lukewarm and contaminated. There was no standard to keeping that water hot or cold. There's a compromise. And when you lose the standard, you lose the stand. That's what the word stand is in standard for. Standard is what you're standing on. You're not standing if the standard's not. But you know, for the sake of, I want my son to be my best friend. Well, you're an idiot. I love Landon with all my heart. He knows it. He ain't my best friend. We ain't friends like that. He come tell me anything. Trust me, I tell him everything. But we ain't boys. I ain't his own boy. He called me sir. I'm not on your level. Amen? Amen. My wife and my daughter, they look a lot alike. They act a lot alike, but they ain't best friends. That's her mama. You got to keep that lot. Amen? They ain't dressing alike and hanging out at the mall. As long as I have to buy it for you. No. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, my son, me and my son, do, we do almost everything together. But there's a line there. Because I want him to respect me so his son will grow up and respect him. Amen, folks. Amen. Ezekiel proves it to us. It says, what mean ye? That ye use this proverb concerning the land of Israel saying, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. You know what that's saying? The father's eating the grapes, but the children is affecting them. The sour grapes of the fathers are affecting the children. The sins of the father are revisiting the children. So if the father doesn't have a standard, not only are the children not going to have a standard, but the stuff they're doing is going to defy the father. So you got to watch it. You got to keep a standard. Look at somebody say, keep your standard. standard. And don't back off. No, man, I'm sorry. I know all your friends, but all my friends, nah. but everybody else, go live with them. You give birth to what and who you are. And typically you will draw like-minded people to yourself. So don't come to me telling me, man, all my friends are messed up, jacked up. Something's going on wrong with all of them, man. Then what does that say? How about you? Didn't you pick them? Well, no, they all picked me. That's worse. <laughs> they just gra- yeah, gravitate to me. If you look up and realize that you, all, that you always have drama around you, then you draw it. That's you. Something is wrong. You're not going to just have a bunch of jacked up friends. You jacked up. You don't even realize it yet. You just like them. If your friends are carnal, then you're carnal. Not like my friends. When I talk to my friends, my friends, we talk the same. We believe the same stuff. Call out a certain preacher. Oh, yeah, he's gay. I want all my friends to say that. I don't really have no friends. No, he's not, man. Don't say that. Man, no, man, no, no. (laughs) We ain't friends, bro. You ain't in the the circle of trust. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I can pick probably 95 to 97% of the men in here. When we have interacted personally and we all just on the same page, right? Oh yeah, he nasty. Yeah, yes. Everybody in that church is doomed. You know what I'm saying? That we all on the same page. 
looking at somebody, no, 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 man, no, no. <laughs> That's why Facebook has messed most folks up. Folks are just messed up because you got that friend number over there. But then when you put something hot or cold on there, half of the friends start typing lukewarm stuff. You're like, wait a minute. Something is wrong with all my friends. No, something's wrong with you for having them on your page. Oh, I backed myself into a dark corner. They don't want to hear that. Yeah, they tell me something's wrong, man, on Facebook. They're killing me on Facebook. They're killing me. They need to kill you. Kill you dead. Why you got them as your friend? Look at their likes. You can look at the, I can look at likes and tell who could be my friend. That's why I don't have, I'm not, I don't have no friends on Facebook. You know, we have a ministry page, but I, I can't do that personal stuff. No. But I know some people, y'all minister, whatever you, you know, you know, I understand. But if folks are attacking you every time you say something weighty, then something's wrong with them. And if you keep them, something's wrong with you. Can't mess with the social networks, boy. Now, wait a minute, pastor. Something ain't wrong with everything. I'm not talking about something being wrong with Facebook. I'm talking about something wrong with the way you're using it. Hey, man, you, you ain't even fighting the devil. You're fighting friends. And then blame it on the devil, but you keeping them as friends. What if Jesus said, uh, uh, okay, okay, um, when y'all go into a city and begin to preach, if the people don't receive you, stay there, baby. Stay there. Hammer that word, no matter what they do. If they start spitting on you and throwing you and kicking you, you keep preaching. You stand right there. Don't let the devil run you off. Jesus, did he say that? What did he tell him to do? It's on. I, I preach and now it's on you. I, I'm out. That's what Jesus told him. So why are you people tell me, man, I'm just battling folks on Facebook. Battling, battling. How do you battle folks on Facebook? Don't those folks like you? <laughs> now, Twitter, you know, we got people just coming from anywhere. They'll dump, y'all call it drive-by tweeting. <laughs> but that's my hashtag. <laughs> so they'll come out and drive-by tweet from anywhere. But Facebook, the people talking to you have to like you first. And they're your friends. But I just don't agree with that. Well, then you don't agree with me. How can two walk together unless we agree? Bye. Amen. You're influenced by your actions, not your words. First John 3 and 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in what? And in, in deed and in truth. So don't just talk about it. So, you can talk a good game and preach a good message. But if you are not consistent with your beliefs, then your message is not proven. We, we talk about the LGBT and we talk about all of that. You know, what if when it's offering time, a homosexual come up here to help the brothers take up the offering? What would you think? Do the truth behind hip hop. What if you look up here and one of the singers is sagging, throwing up gang signs during the praise and worship?
Oh, don't say nothing about him. That's the pastor's son. <laughs> That's worse. You know what that does? You know what that does to the message? It disintegrates it. Because <laughs> I'm just up here talking. That's why I understand these pastors in these secret societies and stuff. Man, what is that? Yes. It took a place to a false god and you talk about, come on, y'all, let's pray. Pray about what? <laughs> Who's going to hear you? Is big old ugly Athena going to walk in <laughs> He's talking to me. Because that's who you took your oath to. You know what I'm saying? I've seen it. Pastor, get up and preach. God wants us to come out of sin. Come out of sin. Come out of sin. Come on, little Ray Ray. Come up and lead worship. <laughs> what? Why little Ray Ray just made noise when he turned? <laughs> about that well they they got a good youth program but the pastor's kids or the pastor allows this and this and that and it don't add up with what he's preaching because you can't preach the bible and do the food people notice that so it does one of two things it makes folks want to leave because they don't want that mixture or it makes folks stay and conform to the mixture. Well, thank you. Thank you, sister. So, you can talk a good game and preach a good message, but if you are not consistent with your beliefs, then your message is not proven. We can't just believe the Bible without application. What good would this iPhone be if it didn't have no apps on it? It'd be useless. What if I got a whole bunch of apps, 200 apps, but I don't ever use them? I might as well have an Android phone. (laughs) 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 But honestly, if I had a phone full of apps and didn't use any of them, apps is short for application. Application means that you apply it. I'm applying it to the phone so the phone will function and do something. Why am I preaching a message with no application? Well, my great-great-granddaddy went to that church. He's dead. Why are you there if there's no application? James 1 and 22, be ye doers of the word. We did a whole series on that. And not hearers only, because if you're just hearers only, you're deceiving yourself. In other words, if you're hearers only, you're saying, yeah, I go to church. But you're no different than the folks that don't go. You're deceived. You go to church? Yeah, yeah, I go to church. You know the Lord? Yeah, yeah, I know the Lord. Well, there's no difference in you than these crazy sinners out here, so you're deceived. Well, that's just me. God know. He know me. He know I'm just a big old dummy. He know he can't. He know me. He know. Are you proud of that? They say it like they're proud. I'm just being me. That's me. I'm me. Me is me. That's how I'm me. But this dumb. When you going to grow out of this dumbness? That's what Jesus told Laodicea. Uh, double standards birth, double mindedness, and without 
choosing a side, we are useless like lukewarm water. Hot and cold are useful, but middle of the road is useless to God. Y'all, God hates middle of the road. Revelation 3 and 16. So then, because thou art lukewarm and you're not hot or you're not cold, or in other words, you're useless, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Why even preach a gospel of no standards? And the standard isn't what you're preaching. The standard is what you do after you finish preaching. Yeah, the word is the word. It's going to preach. But what you going to do with it? Is the Bible valid? Is it? How many of you think the Bible is valid? Raise your hand. How many of you think that the Bible is not all the way valid? There are serious mistakes in the Bible, so we have to be cautious when we read it. How many of y'all believe that? Get out. Because we believe in here that the Bible is valid. Ain't no need even being here if you don't believe that. That's the foundation. I believe everything it says is valid. If you don't believe that, then we have a problem. I can't help you. If the Bible is valid, if it's valid, then the gospel preachers in it had to have the perfect formula. If the Bible is valid, the word of God, every word is the word of God. Then Paul, Peter, John, and Stephen were all killed because they preached as if they were Christ himself. So their method that they use had to be perfect if the word is perfect. I can't see. Y'all ain't listening. Okay. So if the way they preach is the way preach is, then that's the way you have to preach. If the way they preach, the way they preach in the Bible, if these are the preachers, the premier preachers, then the way they preached is the perfect formula for preaching. And these guys were killed for preaching perfectly. They preached as if they were Christ himself. The reason they preached like they were Christ was not because they thought they were Christ, but because they were partakers in the death of Christ and his... 2 Timothy 1 and 8. This is the premier preacher in the Bible, the best preacher that ever lived. Straight up preacher, Paul. He's talking to someone he's mentoring. And he tells this guy, Timothy, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. So no matter where you go, you don't back down on the testimony. You don't be ashamed. This is, this is mentor to mentee. I'm training you up, Timothy, not to be like me, but to be better than me. If you're going to be better than me, don't be ashamed. Testimony of the Lord. Nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. That means you preach it and you just deal with the consequences. Because it's not about you. It's about being a partaker in the sufferings. They shared in his sufferings and felt the way he felt about things. How do we not feel what they felt? Telling you this, these preachers, man. I mean, they, they acting like Will Ford is about to just drop a nuclear bomb with this DVD. They won't leave me alone about it. Okay, now what you gonna do now? Who gonna? How you gonna leave? I mean, what you? They worried about the money. They worried about these secret societies. These folks getting the truth and coming out. Like that example you he used of when I spoke at Bowling Green University. The power of God just made folks leave. 
They start tearing up their pledge e-cards and I never even mentioned it. And then the lady of the Panhellenic Council, she was like, you coming back. She didn't give me a choice. She said, you're coming back and you're going to put these kids back in these fraternities and sororities. You're going to come back and do that. It's like you don't even understand. She don't understand because she's not a partaker. You don't understand how a false God hurts the real God. You don't understand how God doesn't play seconds to no pledge. Just because you think you're doing good, you ain't God's. Thank you, Jesus. But you ain't a partaker. You don't know what it feels like to him. You don't know what it looks like to him. Gotta preach to me. Well, if 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 Brother Will had said it like this, probably, see what I would have said. That's why you didn't have it to say. <laughs> what are you talking about? You telling us to back off, soften the blow? In other words, we're supposed to have affections for people that go after other gods? No, I can't do that because I'm a partaker. Just like it hurts him, it hurts me. And my question is, why isn't it hurting you? What is wrong with your salvation? It don't hurt you? Paul, Peter, John, and Stephen with the perfect... Now, we, we, we've come to the agreement that they had the perfect formula for preaching, right? If the Bible is infallible, then their way of conveying the message was infallible. Or else the Bible would say, now, Paul, Peter, John, and Stephen, now, they were a little hard, so this is not really the way I would recommend it be delivered. Does the Bible say that? No, no, no. As a matter of fact, John the Baptist said, hey, the king is committing adultery. King said, what? Go get him. They're going to kill this man for just telling the truth. Then I asked Jesus about it. He said, John, he said, John's the greatest prophet ever lived. You know why? Because he stood toe-to-toe and did what I would have done. Matter of fact, he did what I'm going to do. I'm going to die for this. Yeah. Peter, Paul, John, Stephen, perfect formula. So if they had the perfect formula, if their way of preaching was perfect, Their message came across harsh and abrasive to the lukewarm folks. So the lukewarm folks, the ones that was telling them, you need to cool it down or warm it up a bit. It's too cold. It's too hot. It needs to be moderate. That way you're going to reach more people. I've had thousands of preachers sit me down. Come here, brother. Let 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 me give you some wisdom. Come on. now. What you said now is good. You know, it was good. It was, that, that message is good. But if you, if you change it, Acts 13 and 45. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. So Paul preached the message and all the multitude, the Jews are sitting around contradicting and blaspheming. Now, y'all know, Paul, uh-uh, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Your words are too harsh. People can't receive that. You need to soften it up. Look, you done made everybody mad. Could you imagine chief priests and stuff coming to them saying, you done made everybody mad. Nobody likes you. How are you going to deliver the gospel like that? Hot or cold are extremes. And that's the way they shared the gospel because truth was extreme to them. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. 
is truth extreme right now? You tell the truth, you get fired. You speak the truth, you get banned. You get kicked out. You get fined. You get imprisoned. Because truth is extreme. What makes truth extreme? Carnality. The more lukewarm the people got, the hotter and colder the truth becomes. Can I keep preaching? Can we alter their method? Peter, Paul, John, Stephen. Can we change their method, method to get better results? Wait. Stop. We're going to change the perfect, perfect formula for preaching to get better results than them? Aren't we preaching their words right now? But we got a better way than they had? If we take out the heat and remove the ice so that it will be a comfortable temperature, will that help people to stomach it? No, because they can't stomach lukewarm, according to the Bible, according to Christ, because it's contaminated when it's a moderate temperature. The gospel message is extreme to our carnal existence and should go against the will of the flesh. That's how it works. You come to church, you get convicted for the dumb stuff, and you get it right. Ain't that how it works? You come in church and you just feel, you know, on the cartoons when they change your head to a donkey's head. When I'm, when I'm studying and preparing for the message, that happens to me. That happened to me with this hot and cold thing. I'm sitting there arguing with, with the Bible. I'm like, no, cold means God would rather have you a sinner or a saint than in between. And then when I read it and the Holy Spirit began to show me what he was really saying, because I didn't know. I was wrong. That's what the word does. Do the fool. Come to church. Get it right. And then if you keep practicing righteousness, you're going to get it right. But that won't happen if there's no extreme message. The message is not extreme. It's going to cater to you. If it caters to you, it's going to make you comfortable. If you're comfortable with the message. I read it to this group of flaming. I mean, these dudes was just, they were just matches. I mean, they came out of the convenience store, just, I mean, everything they touched caught on fire. They were so gay. <laughs> Talking about manpower. T.D. Jakes preached and, ooh, he, he smith it. <laughs> was just so, ooh. Yeah, that's flaming. Came from it. Then I saw the news advertisement, manpower. And they, they're announcing it and they said, this is, well, at first they was playing What a Man, What a Man by Salt and Pepper. What a Mighty Good Man. Yeah. Yeah. Next year they're probably going to be playing It's Raining Man. That would, that would fit it better. Knowing, you know, the circumstance. That, they said 8,500 men of all faiths. Of all faiths? Not denominations. Of all faiths. That means different beliefs came together and they said so that they could receive an inspirational message. You're going to inspire someone in another faith? So they're in another faith inspired by your message? The gospel message is extreme to our carnal existence. Acts 23 and 12. Look at how these folks was acting. And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and they were so mad. That they bound themselves under a curse saying that we will neither eat nor drink. 
until Paul is dead. Not just Paul is dead, we're going to kill him. We're not going to eat or drink until we kill Paul. That's the perfect formula for preaching, if the Bible is perfect. That's the way they're supposed to act. Should we be concerned about quality or quantity? What is God concerned? God destroyed the existence of man and kept, kept Noah's small family and the animals. He obviously is not concerned about numbers. So why are churches so concerned with numbers? Why are they cooling down the hot and warming up the cold to grow their ministries? Boy, I'm preaching in this place today. The church is Christ's bride, not man's bride. According to the Bible, Christ covers the church, not man. Man covers his wife. Ephesians says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. So there is no covering over you. No man. I, I can't cover you as your pastor. That's not my job. I'm not your covering. Okay? We quit saying that. That came from Catholicism. And now preachers say it. Who's your covering? Who are you under? Who's your covering? Adam, tell me. Nobody's going to bring you to their church because you're out there. You're just out there. You don't, you don't have a covering. I said, you know how many churches haven't brought me because I didn't have a covering? None. Because nobody cares. They care. It's crazy. They need the truth behind hip hop. Think about no covering. Some foolishness. So why are men trying to cover their church members? And why are preachers changing the gospel to cater to the people rather than following biblical examples of how to preach? For the money and power, of course. Titus 1 and 7. For it is necessary for a bishop to be a man of virtue. That word bishop is the word what? Pastor. As God's servant, not pushing himself forward. Ain't many left after that one, huh? Not quickly moved to wrath or blows. Ready to kill Paul for preaching? And not design profit for himself. Oh boy. That's it. <laughs> None left. <laughs> See, the problem is they come, these pastors, they come out from under these mega churches. And these, you know, they, 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 they used to ride in the Bentleys and all this. And then when the pastor send them out, they don't want to take the, the steps it takes to mature and grow. They don't want to go through that season of none. They're ready to excel quick. So every church in the Metroplex called themselves the fastest growing church in the Metroplex. Got eight members. You're the fastest growing church. How did you calculate that? You counting roaches? Why would you even say that? Why would you even want to be that? People with emotional deficits are being lured in the church by men that desire to mix the gospel message of Christ with an inspirational life coach message of emotional healing. Please listen to this. But ministering to the emotional deficits of the members is not allowed because we shouldn't be the covering of the members. So they're preaching illegal messages. Paul them did not preach to the emotional needs of the people. They could care less how the people felt. Our emotional issues should be healed by family. Oh, boy. Husbands cover wives. Fathers cover children, etc. The natural takes care of the natural and the spiritual deals with the spiritual. John 3 and 6 says, that which is born of flesh is what? Flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. When we mix the emotional with the spiritual, we create people that use the spiritual for the wrong reasons. God's spirit brings spiritual and physical healing. Of course, we know that. But emotionally, we need each other. Here's the method right here for emotional healing. It's not the preacher's job to emotionally heal the congregation and be your life coach. No. 
That's people's job. We need each other. This is what loving one another does. This is what loving your neighbor as yourself does. This is what marriage and family does. We cannot put religion or spiritual things in this place because it will create an imbalance and people won't have balance naturally or spiritually. Makes so much sense. To emotionally heal. Women, you can't just pray for your husband. You must please him. I just... It got quiet. It got quiet. You see that? Because you're used to the mix. You're used to the mix. Just pray for him. Pray for him. Pray for him. No, you better get up off your knees and make him feel good. They don't want none of this. They don't want none of this. They don't want none of this. You, you, the women just... <laughs> silence. I know the Bible said be silent in the church, but... <laughs> yeah. Don't just, you can't just sit up and pray and throw an all all on him while he's sleeping. Come out, devil, 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 devil. Will you get your tail somewhere? And cook. <laughs> cook a meal. Put the oil in the skillet like that. Yay! Shake it. Throw the bottles up like you in a bar. <laughs> Get in there and do something. Do something domestic. Shut up. <laughs> gonna pray for me make it right and you ain't you ain't in your creation role that's what's not right so I don't like you no more you changed you used to cook for him you used to pat his head and rub his shoulders now you're so safe see but that's the mixture and mix the natural and the spiritual and you don't mix them your prayers ain't gonna work if you ain't pleasing him that's right Mm. Number two, men, you can't just pray for your wife or preach to your wife. You got to love her. Baby, the Bible said this, the Bible. She's like, well, what do you say? Can I have some of your words every now and then? Bible didn't marry me. You married me. Can you tell me I look good sometimes? I don't want to hear Paul say that. Can you tell me I'm doing something right? Instead of already always correcting what I'm doing wrong and preaching and lecturing. This is a good message, man. I need to sell this one. You can't just preach to your children. You must spend time with them, interact with them, and lead by just in the room interceding for them. Lord, bless him, help him, help him, keep him, help him, keep him. And you ain't never there. What you think he's going to do? Something's going to influence them. Single folks. I didn't leave you out. I see you over there. Over there in single town. You can't just pray for a husband or wife. You must prepare yourself for one. You ain't ready? What you asking God for one for? You don't even like yourself. How's somebody else going to like you? Number five, you can't teach love. You show love. Love covers faults. Religion don't cover it. Preaching don't cover it. 
Fasting and praying don't cover faults. The Bible said love covers a multitude of faults. So either you fall in love with the pastor and he be your covering or you learn to love one another and let your family, husband, wife, friend, let the people you keep around you support you emotionally and let the gospel do what it was designed to do. The lukewarm church is pushing itself higher than the family and we are unraveling the very foundation that supports us. Without the family, the gospel has nothing to stand on and the world's anti-family agenda gains ground. Christians are starting to ignore their leaders' failed families for the sake of their own emotional healing. People are lacking emotionally and looking for the church and the pastor to make them feel better. The love, attention, and confidence they lack in their personal lives is being given to them by pastors instead of their own families. And many are even forsaking their spouses and children for the church. I'm going to be with pastor no matter what. This is making the church successful at membership, but failures at ministry. If the church is not upholding the biblical standard of the Bible, then what is it doing? You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.